0: It's going to feel real good, all right? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. hey everybody how you doing well that's good
1: welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill mats i'm your director of fun and games for the evening fam it's uh it's about that time we got to start looking out for the fake accounts we got to start making our own fake accounts creating our own rumors perpetuating the cycle of stupidity the draft is tonight free agency later this week let's get it going let's lead it off with the introductions and start with stephalicious d steph driver
2: so today's update, and you know, we get a different one every day, is that the season is going to start January 1st. <laughs> and I was just reminded that the Winter Classic is a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> so I think it would be really fun to start the 20... Oh, 21. Would it still be the 2020-2021 season um, with the Winter Classic? I think that that would be really fun.
1: I agree. I would like that. I'm just not confident the season starts before, like, Valentine's Day at the earliest.
0: I'm also iffy. Like, that would be really cool to start a season with the Winter Classic. The thing is, it costs a lot of money to put on a Winter Classic. And I find it hard to imagine they would do it unless they could put fans in the stands. And I find it hard to imagine they'll be able to put at least they might be able to have some fans in the stands, but certainly not like sixty thousand. So it would be a really cool made for TV event. I just don't know if they'd be willing to light that much money on fire just to have a really cool made for TV event. You know,
3: just where is it supposed to be? Totally. Where is it supposed to be this year? Do we know? Minnesota. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, Minnesota. Maybe. I mean, they could just
1: go play on a lake in Minnesota people like, would go to that
3: <laughs> they could in january no they
1: fans in the could. stands just throw a bunch of fucking players on the ice like no problem but why not just do it in tampa where there are no restrictions and nothing matters you can have oh, as many whoa. people there as you want
0: hey if we uh if, if we do it in minnesota on just like a normal ice surface, they gotta get emilio estevez to drive a limo on the ice oh, has God. to be done <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, he's a little washed up. That
3: feels that feels perfect for the NHL. That's true. He's they no A a C-list celebrity
1: <laughs> from TheAthletic.com, dot com. Charlie O'Connor.
0: So I want to bring this up because honestly, I'm probably guilty of this sort of logic that isn't really logic, and I, I want to I want to acknowledge that it doesn't really matter the stuff that we're reading constantly on social media and whatnot, but. I've made this point and a lot of people have also made this point that I still think is true that a lot of the players that people on Flyers Twitter lose their minds over that the Flyers should get in a year they would hate them because of all the things that frustrate them about the guys that are already here and that is a viable thing to say however and this is important. That's not a viable reason not to go for those players. Like, yeah. I, I I believe that a lot of people who think Patrick Lyonnais is the missing piece and they are angry the Flyers haven't given away everyone for him, in a year they would absolutely hate him because he goes on 10-game goal scoring, Drey and doesn't play defense and stuff. Like, I truly believe that's true. That said, that's not a reason not to get Patrick Lyonnais. That's just a reason for me to tell people to not think it's the end of the goddamn world if they don't get Patrick Linea, But there's no reason to, like, not go for a guy because some fans might hate him. The goal is, is to win a Stanley Cup, and if you think that Patrick Linea is going to help the Flyers win a Stanley Cup or whoever is going to help the Flyers win a Stanley Cup, it doesn't matter whether they hate him the same way they hated Jeff Carter. It's just that it's annoying maybe to me because I have to read everybody on social media screaming about it 24-7.
1: That's why you just don't read the comments, Charlie.
0: This is fair.
1: Yeah, the You're a Flyers... big reporter. You don't have to give in to anybody. It's your <laughs>
3: opinion that matters, not anyone else's. Yeah, the Flyers should only consider my personal feelings when targeting players. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, like there are reasons to go out and get like, uh, look, we've been using line A as the example. There are reasons to do it. There are reasons not to do it. The stupid shit that we talk about isn't always a reason to or not to do something. Get him because you think he'll score 50 goals. Don't get him because you don't think he won't and you're going to have to pay him a bunch of money. Like, those are the reasons not to do something. Agreed. And how about the fly-by-herself, Kelly Hinkle?
3: Speaking of rumors and nonsense, of which there is no shortage right now, I have decided still that the best things the Flyers can do is run it back do absolutely nothing well run it back that's what I'm saying Well, the
1: number two defenseman made that a little bit difficult
3: (laughs) okay so run it back almost a little bit because you have to get another defenseman (laughs) and also you need a 3c so run it back except for 3c and filling Niskanen's butt but otherwise you run it back (laughs)
1: uh fam if you've noticed uh we record if you're listening to this right when it shows up on your feed it is tuesday not wednesday uh we wanted to get an episode in you know the draft is tonight obviously the niskanen news the Braun news we wanted to get to all that stuff uh before your hockey week begins so we're gonna do that now but since it came up on last show and since we've already talked about him once in this show i just have to ask is patrick line actually that good like, I know he had the 140-goal season, and that's real exciting, especially at the age he did it, and he's had, he's had a 36-goal season, but, like, everyone's saying, oh, well, the problem is if you trade for him, you got to give him $10 million in a year. Why? His numbers are that of JVR, who gets seven. I understand his age and potential, but he had 28 goals last year. That's Wayne Simmons. Like, I, why would he get $10 million? He, everyone says he plays no defense and does nothing but score the goals. He doesn't seem to score that many goals. He's got 58 over the last two years.
2: I am like right in the middle of this argument. So yes, he is good. Like, he's very, Patrick he's Lenny good. Yes. Good.
1: It's hard to, is to score $10 28. million.
2: Dollars good. Probably not. Um, that all being said, he's still so young. Yeah, He's still really young. Like, there's a lot of room for improvement there. And I don't buy into a lot of the media nonsense from Winnipeg anyway, because they're just a little crazy. Steph,
1: um, why you have to be mad?
2: <laughs> I hear that their Wi-Fi isn't great. <laughs> oh, Lord. They don't have any parks. Either. They have the fucking internet have up parks. there? They don't have internet. That's why we don't know what's going on with Nolan Patrick. He can't get in touch with the team. <laughs>
3: Right.
1: He's um, testing out the Winter Classic pond with Ryan White. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but I think, like, I mean, Patrick Line would make this team better. I think that he would, depending on what they would have to give up for him.
3: That's the thing. And that's
2: that's the thing.
3: You're going to subtract a lot to add Patrick Line, and and on balance, does that make the team better? I'm not. And. Concerned.
1: Also, like, if you're gonna have to give him ten million dollars in a year anyway, get fucked. Just get him in a year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Like...
2: Or just win the cup this year and let him walk.
1: Yeah, or that. That would do But it. like, I don't know if they could do that without like Sandheim and connecting, you know. Sure.
0: Right? Yeah, it's Very and, I mean point. he's good. Like that, that's the thing. He's good and he's I'm probably not gonna get him better bad because he's only twenty two. Like, so...
2: Those were my points. Yeah,
0: like, then that's exactly what it is. Like, he's good. He's probably going to get better. Is he worth $10 million a year now? No, he's not. Like, that that is the thing. He's he's, objectively right now, he is overrated. But I don't think that means that he's going to be overrated forever, which is why he's so exciting. And, like, there's a reason why everyone... There's a reason why everyone screams for a sniper, and there's a reason why the Flyers never get a sniper. And it's not because the Flyers are willfully not trying to get a sniper. It's because there's only, like, three of them. Like, that, that's the thing. It's such a rare skill set in terms of, like, actually being a sniper that when you get one, you are basically never let him leave. So that's Unless why— Unless James he, Neal. Well, I mean, is James <laughs> Neal really a sniper, or did he just no. play on good teams?
1: I scored a bunch of goals.
0: Yeah, with, like, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, cool. So, to Con- Connor Sherry scored a bunch of goals with Sidney Crosby. Awesome fucking player. Anyway, um, the, uh, th- the big thing for me is just that those guys are going to get paid because they're so rare, and Lion A's camp is clearly being very aggressive with their asks. So, if you're trading for Patrick Lion you're basically... Implicitly saying you believe enough in the player that you're going to open the checkbook for him. So you kind of put yourself in the position where you sort of have to give him that much money. Maybe if you're Winnipeg, you can be like, well, you don't think you're worth that because we drafted you and we've watched you and eh. But like if you're the Flyers and you give up like major assets to get him and then you try to lowball him the next summer, I mean, I just can't see that happening.
1: You mean like it's a bad idea to trade for a pending free agent, like give up, I don't know the top pitching prospect in baseball and another roster player and, like, a whole bunch of assets and then be like, "Uh, I don't know if our internal budget will allow us to sign this guy. Are you saying that's bad, Charlie?
0: It's less than ideal.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Matt Uh, (laughs) So, So anyway, the big news, I didn't mean to get sidetracked on all this. And one thing, to put a bow on the line A stuff, it was last week's talk, but after we did it, I was like, is he even worth it? But, I mean, he's very good. And to put him... I mean,
2: it's still this week's talk. Yeah. Because hey, yeah, it's still going it's still on, and he hasn't up. been
1: traded yeah. yet, you know? Um, and
2: Philadelphia is the top team link to him. Yeah.
1: So. And, like, people would be excited if we got him, don't get me wrong. I will say, in terms of the one dimensional stuff, he did have more assists than Claude Giroux. Now, it could be they're all rebounds because he shot a ton, but I doubt that.
0: No, he apparently rounded out his game a bit this past year in terms of you know passing more, um, being more conscientious defensively. Now, the the on ice results, aside from I guess the assist, didn't really show it. Like he still was a defensive liability by the numbers, but the Good. people that the people that have watched him have said that he he cared more which I guess is a positive, even if it hasn't showed up in the numbers yet, like, you presumably eventually that's going to pop up, like, the fact that, like, he wasn't just cherry-picking all the fucking time. So that's good. And, again, he's only 22. But, yeah, I mean, he's still no two-way threat, let me put it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, defense is, like, mostly effort. Like, if you do care more, eventually you'll get better at it. You'll maybe never be good because, like, it hurts to block shots and hit people. But, like, you know, if you care, you'll be better at it.
3: I don't want to have to wonder if a player cares. That annoys me. I Here's the shit. thing. I'm,
1: all, I'm fine with a guy. Like, we have enough fucking two-way players. We, have, we just re-signed Justin Braun, who does nothing on offense. I'm fine with one-dimensional <laughs> if pucks are going in the net for us.
2: Agreed. That's how I feel, too. Like, like but that's not a guarantee. If, if he's scoring goals, I'm good with that dimension. I'm like, good with it.
1: Like, Justin Braun is the most one-dimensional player, perhaps, ever. It just (laughs) happens to be the dimension that the old guys like. (laughs) He blocks the shots. Obviously, he's great. Uh, But let's talk about it. Uh, The big news that came out yesterday, I think it shocked everybody. Matt Niskanen retires, and in response, the Flyers re-up Justin Braun to a two-year deal. Uh, So I want to try to get to this point by point. Uh, So let's start. I said it shocked everybody, and that seems to be the consensus, but... Did anybody have, like, an inkling that this was a possibility? He's going to be 34 in December, wife and two kids, life in the bubble. Was there any sort of, like, indication over the last couple months that he was thinking, you know what, I'm about done?
2: I th- well, we all watched him
1: play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. His, <laughs> he was about play. done, right? I his, think his legs said it.
3: it. I forget where I read it, but I think I read that he decided after the yeah. Flyers were eliminated, he was like, okay, I'm done.
0: He, well, apparently he, said- de- he apparently decided right after. Yeah, like, like he, right after. According to Fletcher, basically, Niskanen was driving home from the bubble, heading back to Minnesota. And like, I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but it was certainly the way Fletcher presented it. That basically, like, Niskanen, like, pulled off to the side of the road mid-drive and called Fletcher and was like, yo, I'm retiring. So, wow. so I mean and, and based on the conversation that his agent uh Neil Shee I believe is how you pronounce his name um had with Ken Campbell of the Hockey News it sounds like coronavirus and the pandemic and all the uncertainty about the season was a major contributing factor like it sounds like he my read of that article is that Niskanen kind of had it in his head that he was going to retire at the end of this contract that you know this was his final contract. He wasn't going to try to, you know, squeeze out a couple more one-year deals somewhere or whatever that, like, he was done. He was going home. And then once his final season of his contract was had the potential to be a total dumpster fire because of the pandemic, he was just like, well, why bother?
1: Yeah, and that's like, we, we just, Steph let it off saying January 1st. And I was like, uh, maybe I, I, I'd be I'd be pumped about a January first start for this season. You don't know what you're preparing for. What kind of season am I going to have to quarantine away from my family again? Is there going to be another bubble situation? And also, like, yeah, he's due 5.75 on the salary cap, but. God knows what the players are actually going to get when their own, when the owners get the, their hands on the numbers for after an abbreviated season with no fans, a potential for another abbreviated season with at least limited fans. Like, he could be making a million fucking bucks next year. And granted, I would take a million bucks for pretty much anything, <laughs> but he's already a millionaire. He doesn't need to do that when he's like, you know what? The end of last season was really hard for me, physically and mentally. Why do it? I respect the decision, and honestly, it saves the Flyers a bunch of money. So cool.
3: So yeah that that whole thing. I think was it um, LeBrun Charlie who said that he might do. They might do the thing where they let him stay on technically, so they pay him just in case he wants to come back.
0: Yeah, well, they wouldn't pay him. Basically, okay. the way this works, I'll explain because I had to dive into this yesterday. Um, basically, it's going back to what the Jets did with Bufflin last year. And basically what happened was Bufflin told them that he wasn't going to play. And when you do that, you can theoretically file for your papers for retirement, which then officially voids the rest of the contract. Team doesn't have to pay anything. The contract is essentially torn up. And what the Jets told Bufflin is like, look, if you change your mind, we'll still take you back so why don't you just not file for retirement? And what they did was Bufflin obviously had it in his head that he was done. So Bufflin did not report for camp, and Bufflin did not report, obviously, for game one. So what the Jets were able to do, essentially, was when he didn't show up for camp, they suspended him for failure to report and that suspension is a suspension without pay which means they didn't pay him at all because he didn't show up to for work essentially and it means that with that suspension the contract does not count on the cap okay. so it, there's there's no like cap hold it's not like the flyers are stuck paying him 5.75 million dollars on the cap if he doesn't officially file for retirement the only thing i guess in theory well there's two things in theory number one He's still on their cap in the offseason, off season, right? But that doesn't really matter because you're allowed to go 10% over the cap in the offseason, and going 10% over this cap ceiling is $8.15 million. Niskanen's cap is under that, so maybe it cuts down your flexibility like a little bit in terms of like how much money you can just stash on your books before you trade guys away, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to kill them. Then... There is, I guess, in theory, the possibility that if the Flyers really think Niskanen is going to come back, they save the money so that he can come back. But I don't get the intent. I don't get the the, the I don't get the sense that like he's going to come back. I get the the sense that he's basically done. You know, maybe there's a, a scenario where he gets the itch if you know we get a vaccine and I'm weak and everything looks fine, then maybe he says, screw it, I'll come back. But, like, that ain't going to happen. So I, I think the Flyers are going to prepare this off season are going to operate this off season under the assumption that that $5.75 million cap of his is just gone.
1: That's <laughs> Yeah, and that was my next question, and you guys answered it basically. Uh, like, there's no cap recapture or anything. It's not a 35-plus contract or anything. This just disappears if he files
0: for retirement, right? If he files for retirement okay. or if the Flyers suspend him for cause, which yeah. I, they will if this is what happens.
1: Okay. uh, So, I, like, I'm happy to have the cap space. I can't say I wasn't at least a little concerned, like, about, you know, the end of the year. He didn't look the way he did at the beginning of the year when we were all like, oh, my God. Washington thought this guy was done? Like, we all said a couple of times, like, oh, this is more the player we were afraid we might be getting. uh. But this does kind of open up a hole we didn't think existed. Now, granted, they have the money to fill that hole. But, ah, man, I don't know. I, I'm happy for him. It's just like, I wish we had this money another way.
3: I wonder if the Flyers have any defensemen that could play NHL defense at a high level. If they could just play in Matt Niskanen's spot. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I mean... Maybe.
0: Kelly, I understand what your point is and I and I get I know
3: it. it's not a thing, but
0: you know. I mean no, I mean, like it could be. I, I I do think this this, you know, and we'll get into Shane Gosses Bear later, but like I think this makes it more likely he's gonna stay because now there's not like a cap crunch and whatnot, but I do think and I've I've seen this a lot, and i I know it sounds like I'm picking on you, Kelly, but I'm really picking on everyone that like still thinks Shane Gosses Bear is Shane Gosses Bear. Like, you can't just put Shane Gosses Bear on the first pairing. You can't.
3: No, He's, you'd have to shift things around. I didn't like he, actually mean.
0: Like, but, I, I, but I've heard that from people. It's like, well, Ghost and Proveroff were great two years, like three years ago. Why don't you just put him back up there? Like, you can't give a guy first pair of minutes right off the bat when he sucked pretty much all of last year and was mediocre the year before. Like, you need to give the guy a chance to, like, actually play well for an extended period of time before you're sending him out there against, you know, austin matthews and Sidney crosby on a regular basis like it's not the the, shane Bear's problem is not as simple as he's getting played too low in the lineup shane gospel's problem is that he isn't playing well and if he wants to get moved up in the lineup he has to play better i would love nothing more than to put shane gospel back on the top pair but the guy's got to show that he's not going to get killed if you do it
1: so in response to this it seems at least like, because they announced the Justin Braun resigning uh, basically at the exact same time as the Niskanen announcement. Um, would he? Would Braun be back? At like, would they have ever just been like, oh, oh, one point eight million, or were they ready to move on from Braun and this kind was, of forced their hand?
2: Was wondering. I feel about like that. it forced. Yeah, I feel like it forced their hand, and I'm really nervous that they think that Braun is an answer here because he is not. And the contract isn't bad. Two years, $1.8 million, But he's not good.
1: Well, here's the thing. This is where it gets complicated for me. Like, I understand wanting to maintain a veteran right-shot D-man who contributes on the penalty kill. I understand that. That makes sense and you're down a defenseman you thought you were going to have, okay. But he's a third-pair defenseman. Like, are they suddenly just going to go, here you go, Sandheim, Myers is up on the top pair, and you have Braun now. Like, that's not going to work. Braun played 17-16 a game in the regular season. He only played four games over 20 minutes. He played 27 games under 17 minutes. Elaine Vigneault, finalist for Coach of the Year, said, yeah, we're better when he's not on the ice at 5-on-5. Five five. Like, that is a fact. It's, it's what happened last year. So, like, how do they fill this like void whether it's Myers gets first crack at playing with Provorov and they have to find a fourth defenseman w- regardless like you can't play Braun on your top in your top 4 right
2: I mean Myers didn't play like a top pairing defenseman last season either
0: Yeah but we like I, him
2: No I know mean, No but you could skate and has awesome.
0: I Steph I'm with you I'm just saying that's the reason
2: no. <laughs> we like I'm him not he's saying handsome. I'm not saying <laughs> so. Myers
1: is the answer. I'm saying he has the stamina to play twenty-five fucking minutes. He's young and can skate and can play both ways. Like Justin Braun doesn't have those things.
2: Right. He's I mean, Travis Sanheim is both of those things too, but we're not saying Travis Sandheim is, is a first pair defenseman. He could be, maybe, but like these are not good. Answers. I, None of the answers that the Flyers have right now at defensemen are good to plug in next to program. I'm fine so, with
1: trying Sandheim. The thing we can
2: try it, but it's not the best fit. Right
1: I just now. I think they want to go lefty righty again. Like they seem to like that that configuration and they didn't have it for the longest time. They did when they brought in Niskanen and Braun. That was like the whole idea. They could finally do this thing. Uh like they have to go out and get at least a top four, if not, like, a legit number two defenseman, right?
0: So, to, to jump in here, because I, I don't want to let this go unchallenged and us just change topics without me making my case for why Justin Braun isn't actually bad. Um, Justin Braun isn't actually bad. Justin Braun is basically what the Robert Hague defenders want to believe, that Robert Hague is. He's an actually good defensive defenseman who is so good at suppressing shots and chances that at least last year in the regular season, it makes up for the fact that the Flyers don't do a lot offensively when he's on the ice either. Now, look, I'm not saying that you plug Justin Braun up on the top pair with Ivan Pereira. That's, that's not a good idea. You know, maybe you could do it sometimes, maybe situationally, if you're in the defensive zone, it it can make some sense. And it's not like other teams haven't done the whole, you know, put a not that great defenseman next to, you know, Victor Hedman and let him carry the guy like it, it can happen. It can work in certain situations. I will say that I don't have a major issue if at least to start the year they put Justin Braun next to Travis Sanheim. Because that pairing worked fine last year. Obviously, you'd have to, you know, give Sandheim some shifts with other defensemen. Because I agree, Braun's a little older. You don't want him taking on, you know, 20 minutes a night. But I don't have a major issue, at least to start the year, if you use Justin Braun as your number four. Now, if he shows major signs of age-related drop-off, that's one thing. But I'm not I'm not a Justin Braun hater. Like, do I think they would have brought him back if Niskanen had stayed? No, I don't, but I think that was just because they didn't have the room. Like, I think they always respected Braun. I think they liked what he brought to the table, and I think there's a good reason for them to. I think he's a pretty good player. I think a lot of people are being blinded by the fact that he wasn't that good in the playoffs, which is true, but also he was next to Robert Haig who actually isn't very good, which is part the reason why I think that he wasn't that good because I just think you put two guys who can't move the puck together and they're going to spend an endless amount of time in their own zone like that's my biggest concern about the Braun signing is I'm afraid they're just going to be like okay our third pair is Haig-Braun again and like I really don't like that I honestly would rather Braun be with Sanheim on the second pair than in his quote-unquote right spot on the third pair if that means that on the third pair he's next to Robert Haig. Now I'm done with my Braun rant. Now we can get back to whatever we're talking yeah, about. I, I, just, don't I, just, think- I, I, I didn't want to let that go unchallenged because I do think Braun is better than a lot of people are giving him credit for.
1: Oh, I believe that as well. I don't think Braun is bad. I just think he plays a role, and that role is best suited at, like,
0: 16 and a half minutes a night, which isn't second pair minutes. It's not second pair minutes, but that doesn't mean he can't be on the second pair. Like, you can take—you can— play a guy fewer minutes and still have him with Travis Sanheim at even strength if he's on the second PK unit he's obviously not getting power play time and then maybe some shifts if Shane Gossbier is still around maybe you put Shane Gossbier with Travis Sanheim on the right side you know in the offensive zone so you can strategically maneuver your defense so that a guy like Braun isn't getting run into the ground but he's still getting used maybe not with Robert Haig. I know I'm obsessing over this, but I really no, don't I, want him with Robert Haig.
1: <laughs> no, but that leads me to my next, okay, so let's- I forgot Robert Haig was still an option. Let's say- He sure is. Let's say Braun is your number four defenseman to start this year. Um, you would guess alongside Sandheim. So do you believe Myers can play with Provorov to start the year, or do they have to go out and still find another top pair defenseman?
0: Uh, uh. so i i think he can do it yeah now can he do it well i don't know i think he can do it well enough if the flyers want to start the season okay with the with this mix i think the the end game has to be you need another top four defenseman however if you decide that well maybe we can trade for one of the deadline i think you can survive but you have to like this opens up a hole. It's a hole that we knew was going to be a hole. It's just that the hole appeared a year early because Niskanen retired. Yeah. Like we, there was always a long term need for a, you know, a top four right handed shooting defenseman that can tandem with Phil Myers on the right side and there fills up your top four. So, like, this was always coming. It's just the Niskanen thing makes it come a year earlier than we thought.
1: Yeah. And there's no, like, obviously it's not, oh, yeah, we're going to depend on Cam York, but it. We thought potentially we had Zamula, we had York, we had guys coming up who could potentially play in a top four. Uh, at least we could see the beginning of that. And now it's a year early. My question was just going to lead to, do we believe a top four of provorov Myers, sanheim braun is good enough to compete for the Metropolitan Division?
3: I think it depends on how the re- I mean, honestly, like I don't think that... Most good hockey teams have top uh, four excellent defensemen at the top of their rotation. Like, yeah, there are some turds on every single team, and so <laughs> turds the good, the good <laughs> player on that pair has to carry the turd around, and the offense has to score goals, and the goalie has to make the saves that he has to save. Like, I don't think that that top four would be so bad that it would hurt the Flyers' chances of competing. It's not ideal, but I think it's workable if they choose to go with it. i also,
2: like, I am going to say something that I don't really want to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, We're just one year removed from Provorov shitting the ice, too, so this is all really, really based on him being the Provorov that we know him to be and not the one that was bad that one year. That's a
0: completely fair point. And that's one of the big concerns I have about losing Niskanen because I do believe that Niskanen's presence was a big reason why Provorov stepped absolutely. up. absolutely, And not just because Niskanen was good, but I think Provorov really benefited from having a steady guy who communicated well on the ice and was sort of able, I think, to like. One thing I think about Provorov is I think Provorov has a tendency to want to do too much, because like he 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 physically can do everything if he wants to. He played and with it's... Andrew
1: McDonald. He had to
0: <laughs> exactly. But like he just, I think that was the big problem he had in 2018-2019. is just he would try to do everything and it ended up that he was doing nothing well. And I think having someone like Niskanen helped him because when probably when he would start to you know. Lose it a little bit, Niskanen could just, you know, hold the puck for an extra couple seconds to give, him a, give Provorov a chance to take a deep breath and just chill the fuck out. And losing Niskanen is going to be a test for Provorov. It's going to be a test to see just how far he's come in his development, unless, of course, the Flyers go out and they get a true Niskanen replacement this offseason.
3: Well, I mean, Provorov, if he's going to be our number one defenseman, he's got to, to be able to handle this kind of thing. Like, we can't have Agreed. someone holding his hand. For the next four or five years while he figures out how to be a number one defenseman. If he's the guy, he had a whole year of somebody showing him how to play his game right. If he didn't learn it in a year, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like the idea that we have to go out and spend what would probably be a whole bunch of money on a free agent defenseman that will be a problem in two to three years. To hold Provorov's hand for another year so that he can be a number one defenseman. He's got to do it. Like, no more with the babying. Get your shit together. Sure. But consider Alex Petrangelo. He's going to, I know, but like, there's so much re-signing that has to be done in the near term future.
2: (laughs) But consider. He's very handsome. Alex Petrangelo. He's very handsome. And very good. (laughs) We should (laughs) have signed him six years ago.
0: That would have been good.
2: Then him and Braden Shen could have won the cup on the Flyers as opposed to the Blues.
0: I mean, Steph, Steph. Steph, there are things like contract rules and rights. Listen! (laughs) (laughs) They could have off
1: sheeted him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, do we think there's a possibility? Because we, the whole idea of the steadying force and then I remember the conversation we've had a bunch of times about uh, what Vigneault did with McDonough. is there a possibility Braun plays the Girardi role? And it's just like, all right, he's our yeah. worst of our top four defensemen. Here you go, Provorov. We like the sandheim Myers pair. That's a good second pair. Provo- Provorov basically alone with Justin Braun. That's going to work.
3: Justin Braun is better than Andrew McDonald. So let's just start there. So at least we've got that. he's better than Dan Girardi too. Yeah, <laughs> we've got that going for us. Better than Dan Girardi. He should put
0: that on a business card. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a business card. No, well, what was, who was the guy who they put with uh, with Hedman? Was it Bogosian in the playoffs? I don't know. I believe it was Bogosian who they put with Hedman. And it's just like, you know, do I think they're going to put Braun with Pereira Ruff? No, I don't. But, like, maybe. You know, maybe they give it a shot for a few games here and there. Again, this is all assuming that the Flyers don't go out and get someone, yeah. which I think they're going to try to do. Um, you know, whether it's via free agency, whether it's via trade, whether they wait it out, like, let me put it this way. I think Fletcher knows they need another now that with the, the loss in and they need another defenseman, they need another stone cold top four defenseman, ideally a right shooting guy. I cannot, I could see the Flyers getting through the offseason without getting a one of those guys. I could not see the Flyers entering the playoffs next year without one of those guys. Like I think this this now becomes the main task for Chuck Fletcher in his mind, which is I need to get another one of those guys. I need to get a guy that fills that hole that Niskan's retirement creates. I don't know if he has to rush to do it because I think the pieces they have are probably good enough for them to compete next year and for them to make the playoffs because they're a good enough team otherwise. But if they have designs on winning the cup next year, which I think we all hope they do, they need to hit the playoffs with another defenseman to compliment the guys they have. And I think Fletcher gets that.
3: Yeah, getting another guy isn't the problem. It's the the rush to sign a high-priced UFA that I don't want to... I want to see him consider before doing it.
1: So... Okay, this kind of answers itself since we believe Braun can and will be used in the top four at least to start the year. Friedman or Zamula making the squad as the sixth defenseman to uh, play with Haig, probably. This doesn't shut the door on that because we think Braun will actually potentially move up at least for a little bit. It could happen. It could.
2: I, I mean, it yeah. could, but Ghost is still here.
0: Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Ghost is still, and I, I do want to kind of go into that ghost thing for a second because Chuck Fletcher, you, you can sort of tell when you're listening to these press conferences what message a GM is trying to get across to the league by using the media to do it. And the message that it seemed like he was trying to get across to his fellow GMs yesterday when he talked to the media was we don't have to trade Shane Gosses Bear. It just seems so obvious. He was like, we're comfortable with the, the with the, the guys we have right now to start the season. Then he was like, Shane Gossespierre can jump up into a, a bigger power play role with Matt Niskanen gone. And then I specifically asked him about the Gossespierre rumors, and he basically said, look, like, we'll consider a hockey trade, but if we're, you know, if we're moving out a defenseman now, we got to get a defenseman back somehow. So he was sending a very clear message that the Flyers no longer feel like, because I, I do think there was a feeling that, like, you kind of had to move him before because cap space and if Niskanen comes back then we sort of have to find a way to get some flexibility. Now, you know whether it's strategic or whether it's actually they've actually changed their minds, Ghost is Ghost is here. Yeah. The Flyers have seven defensemen right now, counting Mark Friedman, who are probably decent enough NHLers. That means that, you know, Ghost is one of those seven. So maybe he stays. And if he stays, Who knows what happens?
1: Yeah, and definitely, like, the way I interpreted the answers was basically, stop proposing fifth-round picks. We're not just dumping (laughs) him now. Exactly. that's what it sounded like to me. And obviously, he doesn't know what he's going to be able to do, so he's not going to say, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. He's out of here. Like, you kind of don't want to say that about him. But in your gut, all of you, do you think this makes it more or less likely because – uh, or do you think it makes it more or less likely Ghost is traded? Because to me, you know, I look at it and go, they couldn't make any big moves before. But now with Niskanen's money out of the way, if you move Ghost as well, if you don't, if you don't retain any salary, that's almost $11 million you freed up. That's enough to go out and get pretty much anybody.
3: Yeah, one. So, so what about yeah, one now great that we have like yeah, but now we, so now you're creating another hole on defense, and then there's also the 3C thing that we've been harping on forever. Like, now you've ah, got Patrick's more holes. got it. Oh, well.
1: I want one top-end player, whether it's at center or defense. I'm not picky. I think they need a center the most, but either one, I think, puts them in the upper echelon that we talked about last week.
3: Well, who is that player? Right now. Player to be named later. Okay, fair. <laughs> I mean, but it's like, it's none of the guys that Flyers fans are out here going on and on about. Like, it's not Patrick Linea, It's not Alex Petrangelo. No, it's not Tory Krug. So. I was going
1: on and on about Matt Duchesne. I was going on and on about <laughs> oh, Joel Quenville. Gross. I got Kevin Hayes and Elaine Vigneault. I'm much happier with those things. I'll leave that part to Chuck Fletcher. I'm just saying Moving Ghost creates an opportunity to fucking improve this team with good players, not a bunch of role players that you're hoping can create one decent enough player, but actually one very good player.
3: And that, only ha- and that also only happens if you're moving Ghost for nothing. Like, no salary comes back in the Ghost trade. Like, it's just, we move out his 4.5 and we get no- nothing back that would hit against the cap, so now we have $11 million to do things with.
1: Yeah, if you move him for nothing and sign Petrangelo, that's a hell of a fucking
0: trade.
3: Okay, fair. <laughs> like. <laughs> no, no I,
0: I mean, I would. If, if, if you find out that Alex Petrangelo wants to come to Philadelphia, I'd move Ghost in a second it's a no-brainer for me. But I, I'm extremely high on Alex Petrangelo. I think he's one of the top five best defensemen in hockey. So if, if Petrangelo wants to come to Philly, you find a way to get it done. He's an elite defenseman. I think he's going to age pretty well, so I'm not terribly concerned there. Um, that said, Bill, it does seem like you're basically like – you have this, I, this mythical idea in your head of this player that I'm not sure actually exists or at least is available. But it's still fun. I mean, I Everyone's available it. if their fun.
1: name isn't Connor McDavid. Like
3: he well, might be Connor available David now. The Rona, yeah. so. His values going down. We might be able to get him. Robert Hagen a third for Connor McDavid. They got
1: that socialized medicine up there. He'll be fucking fine, <laughs> just like the president. <laughs> oh god.
2: Well now I wanna die, so <laughs> great. No, I'm I'm not.
1: I'm not saying. Oh well, now they have the money to trade for Crosby. Like I don't think that's what they're gonna do. I'm just saying, like there are top end
0: players out there
1: they couldn't afford before. Now they
0: can. So going back to your original question, do you do I think it's more or less likely now that they're going to move Ghost? I think it's less likely because because they just you know before if Niskanen was back you could move Ghost just for cap space and not have to worry about getting another defenseman back. Now, you pretty much, if you move Ghost, which I still absolutely think is on the table, because I do believe that, I think both sides kind of know that it just ain't working here, and, you know this might just work better for everybody if ghost gets a fresh start somewhere else. So I do think he's still on the block I and like oh yeah F- like Fletcher knew on September 6th that Niskanen might retire and he was still shopping ghost. So like Ghost is still on the block. That said, because they now know Niskanen is gone. they they have they do not have him on the roster. If you move Ghost, you need to get another defenseman back somehow. Now, it doesn't have to be in that trade. It may be a signing. It may be another trade. Who knows? But you need to get another defenseman back, which just adds another wrinkle to the idea of trading Ghost. It's not as simple as it was before where, yeah, you could just trade Ghost for cap space. And, you know, you have Mark Friedman. You, you signed back Robert Haig. You have Niskanen in the top four. Like, it's fine. Now, if you want to trade Ghost, you got to get someone back to slide in, even if it's just a depth guy. Even if it's just a you know a $2 million-a-year depth defenseman sign, you need someone. And that just adds another variable. And when you're adding more variables to an equation, it makes it more complex, and it makes it less likely to happen. That's my view.
1: You know what I want? It's not even Petrangelo. It's Torrey Krug, but Torrey Krug is left-handed, and that complicates things now that fucking Matt Niskanen's gone. I'm just... I'm excited for an offseason. This is finally a team that can win a cup and they could potentially have some cap space. It could be the most fun offseason they've had in fucking a decade, if they want it to be.
3: Is this obsession with righty-lefty actually good like is it bad that they're obsessed with having righty lefty or or would it be are better they actually it seems See, like are they, they are actually
2: or is that a holdover from ron hextall and people are just applying it to this well, hextall never See, I don't, had it that was the yeah priority. i don't
0: i don't think it was a holdover from hextall at all i don't think hextall gave a shit I I think I think A V is the one who really likes the lefty righty thing. It just seems like that's where I think it comes from.
3: Like having two good defensemen that both happen to be left-handed seems better to me than having one good left-handed defenseman and one shitty right-handed defenseman.
0: I mean fair, but the ideal is to have one good left-handed defenseman and one good right-handed defenseman. But like if if, they had this year.
3: Yeah. If you sign Tori Krug, like is that bad? I don't think so. I think it's probably pretty good. No, and there are
1: there are guys who can play both. Like Robert Hague is comfortable playing both. We've heard that before. Even though he's left-handed, he can play the right side. I. It's difficult. I just think it makes things a little more ha- like a little more hard, a little harder. <laughs> like for when you're playing your off hand, it's it's difficult. That's why like Claude Giroux plays his offside. But if you were to ask other people to do it, it wouldn't go as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Who know. Who can man. say? Oh, <laughs> well, I think, I think like
1: going hard and fast with it. Like, oh no, we have to have lefty righty. That's a mistake. Like, it, it can be overrated in that regard. But I, I don't know. I watched, I watched the Flyers' defense struggle playing lefties on the right side for several years, and I saw last year things go a little more smoothly. Now that could just be they had better players overall. Or it could be there's something to it.
0: I think it provides a boost, but I don't think, like, I think as Kelly said, if you're putting a bad defenseman up there because he's right-handed, he's still going to be a bad defenseman. Now, if you, like, let me put it this way. We'll go in in NHL, EA sports terms. If you have a choice between putting an 84 defenseman on the top pair who's left-handed on the right side versus an 80 defenseman who's right-handed I probably go with the 80 but if you have if you're choosing between an 84 and a 72 then you go with the 84 ah, like it's just it's just a matter of like it provides a boost generally speaking if you have guys on their correct side but it's but talent can make up for that especially if there's a big gap. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, so let's look at some potential free agents. In terms of right-handed defensemen, after we just did all that, Petrangelo, with the big name, we've talked about him a bunch, Justin Schultz, Tyson Barry, Sammy Vontanen, Kevin Shattenkirk, they're all out there. They're all out there. They can play the right side. They all have experience in the, in the top four. Any of those names excite you? Other than Petrangelo, obviously.
3: Do we actually think Petrangelo is going to leave St. Louis? He hasn't I mean, signed yet. I think he might.
0: We're getting there, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still, if I had to put money on it, I would still say that eventually they swing back and work out a deal. But like, as Kelly said, it's Tuesday. Free agent yeah. days on Friday. They still yeah. haven't agreed to anything. So, like, we're getting yeah. there. We're getting to that point.
1: If you get okay. this far, how can you not just be so enticed with the idea of a bidding war? Like, no. if you re-sign the day after the season or in mid-season, whatever, cool, stability, you're a couple days
0: away and you're like, nah, I don't want that thing. I'll just...
2: Hockey players don't
1: like risk.
0: Yeah, they don't like moving either. No. I mean, oh. who likes moving? Moving sucks. I'll um, fucking but, but, hire but,
1: Alex Petrangelo's movers. He'll be fine. It still, it still sucks. We won't no, use but, the people but, Steph used. But Stephen oh, Stamkos yeah, did, did
0: exactly what you're saying players shouldn't do, which is a few days before hitting free agency, he decided, I'm going back. So.
1: Oh, yeah, it happens. I'm just like, as a regular human who will never have this opportunity for people to bid on me, like, <laughs> I would be very enticed by that possibility.
3: Get your money, boys, for Christ's sake. They take so much of it Um, from you anyway. Get a giant contract. Yeah,
1: like, you're getting 10% less no matter what, so fucking crack it up. I,
2: just to go back to the list, I will be so mad if they end up with Kevin Shattenkirk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun name, though.
2: I hate him so much for no reason. Why do you
1: hate him? I don't know.
2: I I just, so I equate him with, this new wave of players that need to go home to play hockey. Like they need to go home. Like when he requested to go to the Rangers and then the Rangers bought him out and that was just a disaster. Um but he needed to go home, needed to go home. And then everyone else did it after him. I just I hate him. You've really
0: it really bothers you when players want to like be near their family.
2: I like it. You're adults
0: it's still nice to be near your family.
2: Is it though? I mean, I'm the one that's furthest away from my family. <laughs> <I>
0: mean, <laughs> so, if you hate your family, then maybe. I not. <laughs> mean,
2: come on, guys. You gotta look at who you're talking to. I, just, I like my family a few hours away.
1: I find Shattenkirk just entertaining because, like, the Blues traded him and then won, and he got what he wanted with the Rangers, and then got bought out by the Rangers, and then won the fucking cup. Like that just tickles me to death. I think
0: that's hilarious. Yeah, I I, I will agree that. I like Shatten—I always like Shattenkirk. I like Shattenkirk even more now. All that his very existence makes the Rangers look dumb. <laughs> yeah, the
1: Rangers—the Rangers' buyout history is really something else. Uh, whoever signs fucking Hank might might have a real good shot next year. Um, Tory Krug and TJ Brody, a couple of lefties on the UFA market. Krug has been my number one target since last offseason when I saw he had a year left on his deal. God damn! I would just love. I would just. I would just love a top end defenseman, no matter who it is. Honestly, and I think Krug and Petrangelo are the top two guys available.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. I think they're probably the two best. I, I, I personally wouldn't have a problem with Shattenkirk. I, I think he fits. Um, he Shattenkirk's fits, a nice budget option. Now. Yeah, he fits better now. Um, Krug, Krug was a guy who I didn't think fit at all aside from the fact that he was good. Now, if you squint a little bit, you can see it. Because it's like, well, if you're going to make Sanheim a top pair guy, maybe because I I don't think Krug is a top pair guy. Like, forget the lefty-righty thing. I don't think he's a top pair guy. I think if you put him in top pair duties against top lines, his numbers are going to tank. But I think he's a great second pair option. I think he's a fantastic number three. And I think he's a really good power play quarterback. So... Like now you squint a little bit and you're like, well, if you move Sandheim up and then you bump Provorov down to power play two, Krug could be cool. So now I'm like more on board because I do think Tori Krug is a very good player. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think he's a number two. I think he's a number three. Everybody I don't um, want
2: Provorov anywhere near a power play.
3: No, seriously.
2: And, and he scored a lot
0: of goals last year. He did and have he,
2: a bunch a of goals. goals.
1: Like, I, I don't like it either, but he scored a bunch of goals.
3: <laughs> so I, I need to preface this by saying that I am in no way equating these two players talent level-wise. But we have a defenseman that's an excellent quarterback on the power play. They just don't I use mean, him there anymore.
0: I mean, he was. He hasn't yeah, been he for two years. He kinda right.
3: st- we, saw, we saw it coming back, though, before they pulled Didn't him out again. A little bit. Did we, though? What, I there was one game, sample size, which I think is plenty to evaluate someone's <laughs> playing. I
2: love that Kelly is all for Shane gossip. No, I'm not I, all for, but, like, I, if we're no, not no, gonna no. Train we're, him, we're going to trade we're, him. We're all in. It's fine. If we're, I'm here with you. I,
1: we're doing it. I, I saw what Kelly saw in that I saw a guy who was willing to take a shot when no one else would fucking put the puck anywhere near the net. I did very much appreciate that. Um, I, listen, I love Ghost. If Ghost comes back and is the ghost of old, I think we have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. I just like wouldn't put money on that
3: happening. Well, he's never, ever, ever going to be rookie year ghost. That's the thing that people need to get out of their head. That was an aberration. Ghost. Yeah, that would be good. Or 1780. I, I do whatever feel whatever like I feel like for a large number of people, unless he gets back to what he did his rookie year, which is absurd, that they're gonna be disappointed in him. And I think that if he's just better. And can do what he does on the power play, it's a net positive. So,
0: yeah, I mean Kelly, name, I'm oh go ahead, John. Uh, Kelly, I'm in agreement with you that if you keep Ghost, if you keep Ghost, I want him on top power. Play. Has to. Like, I, I think I, I think he should be there. You know, Provorov scored all those goals, but I just don't think he brings the the dynamic element that Ghost can. I would want him on the top power play. I'm just not convinced that it's as simple as put goes back on the top power play and he'll be good again. Like he hasn't been good on that top power play for quite a while. I know he spent most of last year on the second power play, but the year before he wasn't anything special on the top power play. So like I would put him back there in the hopes he finds it. I just don't think it's a guarantee. He finds it. Whereas like a Tory Krug, I feel more confident if you put him on that top power play, he finds it very quickly because I think he's still a very good top power. You know what I mean?
3: Wasn't that the, uh, the drew on the wrong side year though that the power play not was not the whole the year okay yeah
0: first half of the year drew was on the correct side and they couldn't score the the, the shot and chance for numbers were very good but they couldn't score
1: so a name i'm kind of interested in, and i know like all four sheets don't happen and it's nonsense but man i watched that series i would really like to get my hands on ryan pullock I'd give up some draft picks for him.
2: Hold on, can I dry heave into the microphone? Why don't you like I, him? I it's the two Pulic Pellick. Yeah, yeah I, you're I, I think you doesn't voice. like Islanders. They're not it just Sounds anymore. like somebody's throwing up. It just sounds like it.
3: Oh, driver! Polic. Polic. <laughs>
0: Love it. So I'm not. I'm not opposed to this. My concern. My concern with all those Islanders defensemen
1: is that it's Trotz?
0: Call me biased. I just don't know if any of them are actually any good. Yeah, like I, I, outside of the Islanders, like with the Islanders in their system, clearly they are. I just don't know if they're actually good, true talent defensemen, or if they're just in the perfect system for what they do. Now, Pullock Granite was a first former first round pick. He's got talent, so like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dislike it. But I do have that nagging feeling in the back of my head of like, are these Islanders defensemen actually? Really, that good, or is it just like a sum of like you know a sum of the parts kind of thing?
1: Can I interest anybody in another restricted free agent defenseman named Anthony D'Angelo? You cannot.
3: Absolutely not. I thank not you for the offer, days. but no, thank you, sir. He's not even good. Uh, like apart from him being just like trash, people, he's not even that good. So no. I mean, I mean, he's, need nothing. He's pretty good. He's not that good, he's, Charles.
0: He's he's pretty good. He's not that got good.
3: some. He's got he some sucks. incredible
1: offensive talent. Um, I, my concern, like, yeah, it seems like he's not a a person we would want to hang out with. My concern is he legitimately has, like, an anger problem where he'll take a bad penalty at the worst possible fucking time. Like, I think that holds back his career more than anything else, is he's going to be good, good, good. And then, oh, yep, he just took a four-minute high-sticking penalty in between shifts. Like, yeah, he ran off the bench and high-sticked somebody.
3: Also, it's like, like that's... and not to be, like, silly and ridiculous, but, like, the idea that he gets suspended by the team because he says something shitty on Twitter, like, that's not out of the realm at this point. Yeah. yeah.
0: That is fair.
3: So, like, is, I just don't... It is fair. It's too messy. Like, why... He's not good enough to... to get over the mess in my opinion right, well, and also some names Steph said no one's allowed to go home so he can't come here <laughs> Yeah,
1: he is <laughs> he is legitimately <laughs> like from South Philly yeah. like it's hilarious um well
2: he can't come back
1: sorry we don't want sorry. you bye <laughs> sorry. uh bye. like some names who some players who you know uh, what you're getting out of them they wouldn't be uh they there weren't there isn't high variance here Radko Gudis, oh, Jack boy. Johnson, Cody CC, and someone I actually kind of like, Nikita Zadorov.
3: I'll okay, have I'm you know say, that say this is this, this I, was for fun. Put,
0: you cannot put Radko Gudis with those. Guys. Why is Zadorov is like no, you can Passable. Gudis is actually fine. Jack Johnson and Cody CC are you know Jack Johnson and cockapipi. Well, actually. <laughs>
3: <laughs> internal numbers will show that Cody Cc is actually good, so
0: you just got to <laughs> get him on the team. Internal numbers said he was actually good. Toronto <laughs> would keep him. They know he's bad.
1: Now, I put Radko Gudas in that group just because, like, we're repla- like he'd be the replacement for the guy we traded him for. Like that,
0: that would be funny to me.
3: It would be funny, it and it would be, it would be they're, extremely they're, they're flyers too, go which you know. Yeah.
0: They're not going to go back down. There. No. All right. They've, no, no, they're, 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 they're not. They're I done just, the Rad Gagudis experiment. They're
3: not signing
1: any of these guys. And if they do, I'm going to be upset about it. I mean, Zadorov a little less so because it'd be fun. Anyone with a Z in their last name is cool. Uh, but wait for the laugh. Um,
2: <laughs> I, literally, I, was, I was spelling out your last name in my head. Like, I don't know how, what your last name is. Oh, boy. <laughs>
1: uh, so, and we, we've, we've kind of circled around this, but... We can have a lot of fun with the potential big moves. It's always fun to speculate. Obviously, I'm going to say Alex Petrangelo and not fucking Nikita Zadorov because that's just more fun to talk about Alex Petrangelo. But realistically, does it just make it more likely that Tyler Pitlick's coming back? They have a little bit more cap space. They like him. They're like, here's your two million.
0: One guy who... um who was thrown around a bit this weekend was um was Jesper Fast, And Ooh. I think that like he is basically Pitlick, but better. Yeah. So if they did go for him, I imagine Pitlick is out of it because like you wouldn't sign, I don't think you would sign Fast and Pitlick because I they basically play the same role. Can't and Fast is just a, a better version.
3: I will call Can him we call Jesper him Fast. Jesper I'm call Fast. yes, he is Jesper Fast. <laughs> if he comes yeah, here, yeah. I hate I hate to break it to you guys. That's gonna be a thing forever, so get ready for it. So let
1: him know if he co- if he signs here, just It profess. ain't happening.
3: We
2: just said the same thing at the same time. I know. We're one person, the one girl on the
3: podcast. She's so stupid she can't say his name right.
1: All these fucking tweets were gonna get about an echo now. Like, oh, the, the girl was echoing.
3: <laughs> Alright, so Charlie, dumb girl,
2: please don't ever forget we're dumb. I'm pretty well, dumb. the dumb girl.
1: So, uh, so Chuck threw out Jesper Fast. Are there any other under the radar free agents here anyone's interested in? Obviously, we got to get through the draft and see what they do and
0: with their picks. Any
1: potential trades?
3: I looked Mind at the look, list and I was yeah, just I, like, I, whatever.
0: I've always liked Craig Smith. I think he'd be cool as like a like a middle six right wing. Um, I don't know if the Flyers are going to go for him, but he's a guy I've always liked. He's a a fancy stats monster. He shoots the puck a lot. Like he doesn't, he doesn't finish very well on his chances. But like, if you're looking for a volume shooter, a guy who's just gonna pull the trigger, like that's him. And I don't think he would be too expensive. Like maybe he comes for like three and a half, four mil cap hit. Like he'd be cool. So I, I, I'd, I'd like him. He's probably my like under the radar guy of of preference. I'd say.
3: I didn't see anybody on that list that I was. Interested in, I I think I've become anti-UFA in my old age. Like, I just don't want any of them. I respect it. They cost too much. Go away from me. (laughs) Trades only.
0: (laughs) You've spent too much time hanging out around Micah. That's what it is.
3: Probably.
1: Well, like, every major free agent contract typically becomes an albatross at some point. You have to overpay them. Yeah, that's why it's I fu- more,
2: they're usually more than two-year contracts. That's,
3: that's why. That's why unions too. fight for free agency. There's you that. get
1: overpaid in free agency.
3: Yeah, the PA sucks, though. That's my all right. So show. I want to
1: get I want to get to this Cervelli quote because it's basically what we've been talking about. Uh, he wrote on October first that the message was simple yet still jaw-dropping. When asked to size up the trade market as a whole, this is how one NHL general manager framed it on Wednesday. The number of franchise-changing players available or being talked about each day is astonishing, the GM said. It's just, not, it's just that no one has any room for them.
3: Man, the, f- the Flyers kind of do. The salary cap is a fucking disease. It's ruining it, the sport. It really is. It's terrible. Like... The playoff format
1: alone was enough for there to be ridiculous amounts of parody. Now the fucking salary cap, man, like, oh, my God, I hate it.
3: It's, not, it's, it's like not, not even doing parody. It's just making the good teams have to be worse almost immediately for absolutely no reason. That's at least
1: in the NBA, you have the soft cap and you can That's pay fine. your own players whatever the fuck you want. And, like, yeah, if you want to go out and get another guy, that counts against the cap. Like, I just wish the NHL at least had that so the teams that draft well don't get punished for it.
3: Fucking cheap owners. I hate them. Yeah, they are cheap as fuck. Ugh. Losers. Hate them. If you were real rich people, you'd want to spend all your money on sports. But do you, like... Posers. The
1: the Flyers have some picks. They have some room. They have some pieces they could move. Do you expect the Flyers, maybe not a franchise-changing player... do you expect when the puck drops the flyers have one like new all-star in the lineup on january 1st or march 1st or whenever the fuck the season starts
3: i don't know about Nolan Patrick oh that's cute (laughs) cute. (laughs) (laughs) come on you had to expect
2: it um
0: the one thing that you know it's funny um as much as i would go crazy if they got Petrangelo because I just think he's an awesome player and a cool fit. Uh, and I'd be excited if they got Line. Like I am skeptical of um you know what they'd have to do to give to to get him. But he'd be fun. I mean it'd be fun to talk about Patrick Line scoring forty goals for this team for the next ten years. Um but the thing honestly I'm the most excited about um, and I'm not excited that they're losing this because I think he's gonna be a bigger loss than people realize. But um I'm excited that now the Flyers have the ability to kind of like, there are going to be a lot of teams that are in budget trouble and there are going to be a lot of teams that are in cap trouble. And now the Flyers have the ability, like we're talking about how the Flyers are going to have to give up Shane Goss' bear for nothing. Yeah. They're, they're going to give him up for a fucking fifth round pick because they need cap space. There are so many teams. That are trying to do that with objectively good players like Shane Gossisper, and now the Flyers can be that team that swoops in and grabs some legitimately good player for peanuts. Like that's what I'm excited about. I ho- I, I would love it if they spent the money on Petrangelo and those guys, but like that's what I'm excited about.
1: Tyler Johnson.
0: I mean, he's good. Yeah.
2: And, and with a shrug. He's good. Yeah, he's good. He's and, I mean, the perfect
0: you, if, 3C. If you give up a sixth round pick for him just to take on the cap, yeah, like, that's I fine. It. Yeah, yeah baby. Player.
1: I'm all about it. Get on
0: board. Let's swap
2: some seventh round picks again. Like, we're fine. Let's do that. Great. Um, If the Flyers get Line a and or Petrangelo.
1: If they get both, I don't know what they'd have to do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm just saying we'll give away we'll give away a jersey because oh, that Jesus. would just be fun. And let's, I mean, they're going to win the cup this year if that happens. You so, heard it here
1: okay. fo- first, folks. Hit up Steph, Ooh. at StephaliciousD for your free jersey.
3: Is anybody else besides me thinking about how getting a new player in free agency this year is going to fuck up the Seattle thing? No. No, because then I'm not worried about it yeah but, win the cup this year, and that's fine. Okay, okay, yeah, if they win the cup this year, then I don't care who we lose. But, like, what if they lose <laughs> Lindblom? Chuck Fletcher like, You would be says, cool with that? I no, be cool Chuck with that. Fletcher says, here's hold, a first-round pick hold and just fuck Brom. up. No, no,
2: no, shut up. <laughs> they are not going to lose Oscar Lindblom. Don't you dare say that about my sunshine boy.
3: I mean, the the players that you would have to protect, though. Like, I don't know, he's kind of... One of the outs. I,
2: I am not worried about the expansion okay. draft. I think that they'll 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 figure something out when the time comes. And this expansion draft has been looming for a decade now. Like when is Seattle actually going to have a team? I know they're saying twenty twenty one, but No, that are is they? that is when. Yeah. Are uh, but is the stadium gonna be done? Like there there's I am I, I'm not worried about the expansion draft at all, not right now, and probably not this time next year either.
1: Here. I just, I just think, think, I mean, go ahead. go, ahead, I'm worried about what they could potentially lose. I just think Chuck Fletcher is smart enough to go, I'd rather give up a first round pick and tell them who I want them to take rather than just say, here, have free range over all these players we built the organization around.
3: He could do that, but Seattle could also say, oh, I like this one guy that you had to leave exposed. We're just going to take him. Sorry about your luck, Chuck.
0: Bad luck, Chuck. (laughs) I just think you can't... I understand why people obsess over the expansion draft. Like, I get it. It's fun. It's a lot of speculation. And, you know, they could lose somebody important. My thing is you can't general manage a team scared. You can't be scared to improve your team because you might lose somebody. Try to fucking win. Not like, well, yeah. let's let, let's let's not like let's not be so obsessed. Like, let's not galaxy brand ourselves into not getting Alex Petrangelo if he wants to come here because we might lose somebody. Fuck it, go for the cup.
3: I would like them to be all in next Fuck season. It. Fuck it, go for the cup. That's what I'm saying. Can I name the show? Fuck it, go for the cup. I was I was <laughs> just gonna say that. Kelly. <laughs> I was just about to say.
1: I was just about to say. Fuck it, go for the cup is the title, and that's what mm-hmm. I want to end on. Um... <laughs>
3: Uh, also uh, we didn't really talk about the draft in this episode yeah. so we can talk about that next time when we, we have can a talk draft. about yeah. it
1: after the draft
3: yeah okay yeah,
1: i'm cool with that what the fuck they're gonna select some players or not you know <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> they
3: will they will possibly <laughs> take a player
1: after the two days they'll have at least a few new players some of them will turn out some of them won't we'll know in five oh. years uh, that's, that's the draft. There we
2: go. Analysis. Hashtag analysis. This is your number you one Flyers
1: analysis tra- uh, podcast for Broad
3: Street Hockey. Come here for everything.
1: Uh, you know what we never did was break for a commercial, so good I'll luck with that, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we, that's it, though? We're
2: done? All right, that- well, There's no head of podcasting right now, so. What? <laughs> I mean, we're fine.
1: Okay. Well, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, write and subscribe, motherfuckers. It's important. Do it. Uh, We'll appreciate it. But also, if you don't, we'll show up at your house. We know where you live. All right. uh, That's it. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly, for Charlie, for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?
0: Yeah.